They were in Davin Pierce's North Palm Beach office overlooking the Atlantic Ocean and the beautiful white sands of Singer Island Beach. It was hot outside, and the beach was full of bikini-clad girls of all ages. Davin knew when he took this office that the beach would be a major distraction, but today they all could be running naked and he wouldn't have noticed. Well, maybe a little. The story that Jorgensen had just told him had held his interest to the end. His version had holes, but they could be filled in time. He could not have known or could not have been everywhere on that ship, but what he had said did help answer some of Davin's own questions. Davin Pierce, age 37, six foot one, brown hair, hazel eyes, 170 pounds, was an independent insurance claims investigator specializing in large equipment such as ships, airplanes, and tanks. He made a nice living and on occasion saved the insurance companies a few bucks. The only problem with this case was there was no claim to pay, as it was considered a wartime loss and the government had written off the cargo and ship years ago. Davin was running this one as a favor to an old friend, Ted McDonald, with Lloyd's of London, who had held the policy on the Mary Jean, but had never paid. Davin owed him one and figured this one wouldn't take long to resolve because most of the players were dead and the tracks were long since covered by time. Ted's interest was mostly curiosity, nothing more. Or at least that's what he said. Colonel Jorgensen, you never said what you were doing on the Mary Jean. No, sir, I guess I didn't. I was a young, scared lieutenant back then, assigned to the 8th Army Air Corps as a pilot. I had just finished flight school and was being sent over to fly B-17s out of England. I had with me some important documents for General, uh, I can't remember his name. Well, it doesn't matter. Go on, you had some documents and, asked Davin as he swung his chair to look out the window facing the beach. I was told that the papers were from the Air Defense Department, and I was to report to a Captain Rogers with the British Secret Service when I arrived. He was to take the case, and I was to go on to my unit, Jorgensen continued. When all the explosions started, all I wanted to do was to save my ass. Everything seemed so unbelievable at the time. I really didn't know what was going on. Well, I guess there was a lot of confusion when the fireworks started, Davin said. Well, things were happening very fast for a while there, and I guess you could say I was a little bit scared and a whole lot confused, Jorgensen started, relating the final minutes of the Mary Jean, but paused first to think about it. Go on, Colonel. What happened next? Davin coaxed. I never saw the sub that torpedoed us. I was on deck when the first torpedo hit, and it hit, as I said before, in the rear of the ship on the right side, as if you were looking forward. And then the second one hit. But, well, maybe I was a little dazed. But it looked like it hit on the, well, on the opposite side of the ship. At least it seemed that way, said Jorgensen, slowly leaning way back in his chair, thinking out loud about what had happened. He had an excellent memory of the events. Age had not affected his mind. That's an interesting assumption. What makes you think the explosions were on different sides of the ship, Colonel? Davin asked, probing a little deeper. This was a new thought, one that might never be proved unless they found the ship. I'm not sure. I guess you might call it a pilot's sense of touch, or rather feel of the airplane. You know, uh, like when you're flying and something just isn't right. You don't understand, do you? Jorgensen tried to explain. Let me get this straight. You're saying that there may have been two U-boats? Yes. 
No, hell, I don't know for sure. What I am sure of is that we had two major explosions within a few seconds of each other and on different sides of the ship. Now, if that means there were two U-boats shooting at us, then that's what it means. That's interesting. Do or did any of the other survivors share this same opinion? I don't know. We were separated when questioned and really didn't talk about it on the way to England. Okay, I think I understand. Let's continue with what happened after you arrived in England, Davin said, as he stood up and walked over to the wet bar. Looking in the ice bucket, he discovered it was empty. He returned to his desk and pushed the intercom button as he held up a finger to Jorgensen to stop for a moment. Stephanie, would you bring us some ice, please? He said in the intercom. Sure thing, Davin. I'll be right in, came the reply. Thank you, Davin said. And then to Jorgensen, sorry, you were going to say...